Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. Howdy, howdy. It's Rhino here, and I wanted to say thank you for listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. Get ready, get ready to go beyond the headlines and join a meaningful conversation with people from around the state. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Midday Super Talk Mississippi. I'm your host, Gerard Gibbert. Today I'm at Mississippi Blood Services in Flowood, Mississippi. Rhino, safe and sound, back in the Super Talk headquarters. We'll be guiding you through the middle of your day with facts, fodder, and fine music. Morning there, Rhino. Howdy, howdy. We're out of Mississippi Blood Services, folks, and of course, as always, we need blood. We'll be hearing from Brittany Mitchell, Donor Resources Specialist at Mississippi Blood Services at 1050 and 1150 today. We've got Representative Fred Shanks coming on in the next segment. He, of course, represents District 60 in Rankin County. He'll give us his thoughts about the upcoming legislative session. Lots of new members will also be seated in the House of Representatives. They've been going through a little orientation, and we'll get uh, his feelings about all that and look forward to those discussions. We've been talking, Rhino, a lot about the testimony on the Hill last week by three leaders of august (laughs) institutions of higher learning uh we no longer refer to those as elite institutions rhino yesterday i decided we're just calling them expensive institutions <laughs> i think they have fallen from uh the characterization as being elite so you know the deal folks we discussed yesterday liz mcgill she would be the former president of the university of pennsylvania she gone she resigned However, however, the president of Harvard, Claudine Gay, she's staying around. She's going to remain on her post there at Harvard. There were growing calls, of course, for her to be relieved of her duty. Uh, Of course, no surprise, legions of the faculty (laughs) signed off on a letter, as did many of uh, Harvard's alumni, they also signed off on a letter encouraging the corporation, it is a corporation, the board of the corporation, that's the governing body of the institution. They signed a letter indicating their support in encouraging the board to keep her on. Well, that looks like that has happened that she will remain on. Harvard has not yet 
responded that I can tell. Uh, so, though she was asked repeatedly by Representative Elise Stefanik in the hearing last night on the Hill, if calling for genocide of Jews violates Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment. She, of course, said it can be, depending on the context. You know, I, I, I consider myself a staunch proponent and advocate for free speech. And honestly, I think it's despicable that people in a college environment or anywhere, honestly, would call for the genocide of anybody. I mean, that's, that, that's human evil. How, and there's no contextualization of evil. And this is a problem, is it not? We, we no longer can agree on what's good, what's bad, what's right, what's wrong. As we said so many times, we can't agree on how many genders there are. How in the world can we agree on something so complicated, <laughs> it, it seems to be, because we can't agree on it. So, okay, so I agree with the, I support their right to be stupid and call for the genocide. I think it's insidious, reprehensible. But they cross the line when you start bullying people. Rather than just expressing in language and words and communication and protest, when you start removing posters that uh, feature information about hostages well then you're then that's crossing the line in my view then you're interfering with someone else's free speech you don't have the right to do that when you block Jewish students from entering certain buildings when you are, are directly harassing them treating them harshly directly that goes beyond just expressing your views and engaging in your right to free speech. It goes beyond that. The, the defacing of buildings, for example, at the University of Pennsylvania, which we talked about yesterday. And, and even professors and instructors participating in this sort of behavior. That, that's when I think it crosses the line. It goes beyond free speech. This is, this is more conduct. And, and with conduct, you have to take action. Uh, so I think it's dumb, stupid, and again despicable that they would call for uh, genocide. Anybody calling for genocide of anybody, is it crosses the line. It's inappropriate and evil behavior uh, calling for the genocide of Jews in this particular case. But more importantly, why have a code of conduct? at a university, at an institution, if you're not going to enforce it. Now, I would say, and Rhino, what do you think about this? If you substituted, for example, for the, for the word or the category or the demographic of, of Jewish people, Jews, if you substituted black, gay, transgender, what do you think the reaction would be then? Well, there would be outcry. Yeah, I mean, then, okay, free speech, well, that's out the window. That doesn't apply here. This is just evil, inhumane, racist, 
bigoted, all, all that sort of stuff that they constantly describe. And anybody engaged in that, I, I believe, would suffer incredible consequences. Dismissal? Censure? Loss of job? Uh, perhaps expulsion? All the above. I mean, why have these biased response teams in these safe spaces and all of these other accommodations if you're only going to apply those to, to the demographics that they deem that they should be applied to that selectively? And that's the whole problem here is the double standard. Higher education, these are supposed to be havens of truth and morality. Veritas, Latin, truth. What happened to that? We don't, we don't seem to enforce the truth and heed the truth when it conflicts with our political agenda. Really crazy. So it looks like she's staying. Did you happen to catch At least for Saturday now. night? At least for now, right. I don't know that this is over. I agree with you. Saturday Night Live, I don't know if anybody even tunes into that anymore. It, uh, it's not funny anymore, unfortunately. But they did a spoof that honestly was a flop. And it was a spoof, a, a skit uh, that portrayed and sort of reenacted what happened last week on the Hill. And what was noticeable is that they went out of their way not to, I guess, denounce and ridicule the three professors who don't seem to understand the concept of morality and selectively apply free speech, but rather what they try to do is mock and ridicule and demean Representative Elise Stefanik. And it was a flop. The Twitterverse melted down in in light of in in the the ensuing hours after the skit. It was just done in poor taste. It's not funny anymore. What happened to that? I mean, you you could have done something that honestly uh, could could have brought some humor to the entire event. Except it's not. It wasn't funny, and that's the problem when you when you try to pick on something like that. And their only uh, their their only objective was again to mock Stefanik and by association, Republicans, MAGA extreme Republicans. That's what they were trying to do, but they failed. They flopped big time on that. Meanwhile, we get to this later. The polls aren't looking good for President Joe Biden. I think this is really going to give the Democrats something to contemplate as to whether or not they want this guy to represent him, because I would say at this point, he's got no chance. He cannot beat who looks like is going to be the Republican nominee, former President Donald Trump. He can't beat him. He can't beat Nikki Haley. She's even leading in head-to-head matchups. And DeSantis is even leading. So that's not good news for the Democrats, for sure. They, they got some regrouping to do. It's time for a break here. We're in the Element Well studio at Mississippi Blood Services today. Coming up next is Representative Fred Shanks. Stay with us. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. What? What? This is so awesome. 
on Super Talk Mississippi. Standing in the rain with his head hung low. Couldn't get a ticket. It was a sold out show. Welcome back, everyone. It's Middays. We are live today at Mississippi Blood Services. The Element Well Studios have been transported right out here to Flowood, Mississippi, off Lakeland Drive. We need blood, so come on out and uh, donate. We're, we're going to be hearing from Brittany Mitchell, donor resources specialist, about everything they got going on and their needs and the process and so forth. But we welcome to the program now Representative Fred Shanks. He represents District 60 in Rankin County. Good to see you there, Representative Shanks. Oh, always good to be here, Gerard. <clears throat> Gerard, before we get started, I, I want to say that we had one of our good mutual friends on Gallo this morning, yeah. which is uh, Mike Hurst, former U.S. Attorney. Yep. And I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but he mentioned he has a new title. What's that? First husband. <laughs> I'm not going to let him get away with that, so I just won't let him know. We, we got his number. <laughs> that, of course, uh, the result of uh, his, his lovely wife, Celeste That's Hurst, right. being elected to the Mississippi House of uh, Representatives. You were kind enough to bring me this... Uh, this stack of paper here yeah. with all the new representatives who uh, will be sworn in here pretty soon, uh, it, it just didn't feel like it was this many. By the way, Celeste, Ms. Hurst represents uh, District 75, That's formerly right. held by Representative Tom Miles. It was changed up a little bit, That's that right. district redrawn. It's uh, kind of north Rankin County, and then it goes across the reservoir into Madison a little yeah, bit. Yeah, absolutely. So, so We're looking forward to her getting here. So you guys, they've been having some orientation, right? That's right. I believe last week, the end of last week, they had orientation, and uh, which is which is good. I didn't have one because I came in the middle of a. I see. A, yeah, I kind of came at well the end of 2018, so I skipped all that. So I just jumped straight into the fire. <laughs> well, um, it's a bunch of them, and so I appreciate you bringing me the list here. But just looking down it, uh, just thinking about all the representatives that. Uh, will will not be seated. That's right. The folks that we know, you worked with, we've interviewed and so forth, and interacted with. So we got a whole new new crop uh, coming in. Uh, several, as a matter of fact, uh, and then we got a new speaker of the house. So how do you see that changing the overall dynamic uh, in the Mississippi House of Representatives? Well, I think the 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 word that everybody's talking about and and feels like is optimism you know i okay. think everybody's really looking forward to it uh everybody's you know we we all like jason and yeah. you know ready for him to take the reins and we're going to have a huge session we've got like you said we've got a large uh freshman class about 25 people <clears throat> but we're also going to take on some very large issues okay. uh, this year the house is and i think we're going to be very aggressive about it and uh yeah everybody's looking forward to it who i talk to well uh, what what do you see or what are you hearing from your colleagues is that they'd like to focus on in terms of the large issues coming up in the next uh, in this session, the first session of the term? Well, I, <clears throat> the big one's going to be the PERS, which, yeah. of course, you've written about. Yep. And, uh, you know, we're going to take a look at that. Um, then we're going to have, uh, you know, possibly school choice. You know, that that's 
I keep hearing more and more about it, so I think that's coming. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, we're going to take on some form of Medicaid expansion. I think that's coming as well. At least, we're, we'll, you know, we'll talk about that. Certainly health care, I think, Absolutely. in general. I think Medicaid expansion is likely to be part of that discussion. Um, and uh, I think the legislature knows that the the healthcare situation in our state is in is in need of some sort of, of reform, some sort of support. Uh, they're they're all all the healthcare providers are, are talking about mm -hmm. the the economic challenges that they're all facing right now. So That's I think right. that will be an area that will get lots of attention. Something that you worked on uh, in the last term quite a bit was the ballot initiative process. That's right. <coughs> we'll I. I that we're, we're going to bring that back up on the House side for sure. I hear it all the time. Yeah. You know that. You do yeah. too, of yeah. course. Uh, but the people would like to see that reinstated. I don't know that I've talked to anybody that says, yeah, we don't need that. <laughs> um, and I know you worked a lot on it, got some legislation passed and through the, the House, but couldn't get it passed over in the Senate. That's right. We're, we'll do that probably early on. Go ahead. You think so? Yes, sir. Okay. Bring, bring it back out. And, uh, you know, that would be one of the first things that we do. Have you talked to Jason about that? I have. I have. I, I feel good about it. Uh, he's real positive about it. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, we pretty much gave the green light on it. So we're going to do it again. Have you heard any feedback from the Senate where we where we couldn't get the measure passed? We couldn't come to an agreement. Yeah. They wanted a higher number of signatures. As you know, that was the main sticking point. That's right. Uh, I have not uh, in the past couple of weeks, but I do know towards the end of, you know, last session, uh, you know, there was a lot of talks that uh, I think a lot of them have, you know, would like to see the issue, you know, passed. So I feel good about it. Okay. Yeah. All right. And do you feel like uh, that it, what we're likely to see come out of the House is something that resembles the measure that passed the House last time? I think so. We're we're going to keep ours uh, really close to what we did last year okay. and, and the year before that. Okay. So, and uh, I think it's a good deal. I think it's fair, you know, for the people. And, uh, you know, I think that that's the form that we'll, we'll do in the House. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's talk about tax reform. That's something that uh, I know that uh, former Speaker Philip Gunn, well, he's currently the Speaker, I, I should be clear about that, but uh, it's something he worked awfully hard for, uh, full elimination of the income tax. The governor has indicated that is his top priority. Uh, the uh, the issue, the challenge has been getting that through the Senate. You think that's going to get taken up again? And what, what do you feel? Oh yeah, yeah, <clears throat> I feel good about it. I, I think most definitely it's coming back up. And you know that was one of Philip Gunn's big pushes, and he uh, you know did a good job of it. And of course we pushed for full illumination in the House, but you know we didn't quite get get that. But most definitely I think that's coming up. And I, I think uh, you know the Senate's certainly willing to. Will and deal on it. So you're hearing about that? From yeah. The oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. The lieutenant governor's indicated that free community college. You know, in the in the speeches I've seen him deliver, both uh, during the primary and then even on uh, election night, mm -hmm. that that seems to be uh, something he talks about a lot. Maybe his top priority. Yeah, I, I'm more interested to look at that. I'm a product of Heinz Community College. I graduated from there before I went to Mississippi State. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm a big believer in junior college. Plus, now they have all these technical programs where you're, you know, you go through junior college and then, boom, you're working, making, you know, good money. So I, I'm certainly interested in looking and hearing more about that. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see where all that goes. Um, you know, something that's come up uh, of late, we've talked about a lot on the program, is this use of license plate recognition technology to uh, issue citations 
to uh, motorist or at least to the owner of a vehicle uh, that's got the vehicle registered for not having their insurance. And it looks like there's a case that's going to be heard as to whether or not that's even uh, legal in yeah. the state of Mississippi. You know, the city of Pearl just adopted an ordinance. That's there. right. Of course, Pearl's right next to Brandon, where I yeah. live. And yeah. <clears throat> uh, I know Ocean Springs had done it uh, previously, and then they uh, terminated maybe, it. Yeah, about October. In July, I think. Oh, okay. I thought it was July, but I could be wrong. But nonetheless, it was in place for a while, and then they... They uh, stopped it. My thoughts on it are, you know, I, I know it's a problem. From what I understand, there's about 30% of the people who don't. That's you know, a lot. Yeah, who don't have insurance. Um, but part of me kind of sees this a little bit big brotherish, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of yeah, torn on it myself. I agree. I, I am too. I mean, on, on the one hand, I'm, I'm all for using technology if, if it'll help us enforce the law. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I, I don't want to see it go beyond just okay. You, you're in violation of this law, and you you got to go get insurance. And because you don't have it, you're going to get a ticket, which is the same thing that would happen if you got stopped That's and right. you were unable to prove that you were insured. And uh, I was uh, talking to the mayor of Pearl the other day, and I yeah. did hear this figure, which I found really shocking. But they had sixty thousand hits. When they started it, which they just started it. 60,000? Yep. In other words, they identified 60,000 yes. vehicles? Yes. And they that started didn't it. didn't show were insured? Correct. 60,000? <laughs> That's, that's insane. It is. It is. So when you hear that, you, you yes, we do need to do something. I mean, why have the law if we can't enforce it? Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's useless to have the law yeah. if the only way you can enforce it is to go pull someone over, and we don't have enough people to do that. No, no. No, I, 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 hearing that, I, I'm assuming ultimately you're going to have to have a whole department that's going to handle that. Yeah, and, that, now, that kind of and we should also point out that though a third party uh, operates the technology and the systems and then issues the ticket, it still has to be signed off on Correct. by a sworn police officer. Correct. So uh, from what I understand, they have uh, one police officer who, I mean, that's all he's doing. He's double-checking it, Good going through it. So uh, are they... Issuing 60,000 tickets? I, I don't think they have <laughs> got that far just I yet. Got you. They didn't know what was going to happen <laughs> that, with that, did that, they? Oh, that's wild. Well, if you yeah. hang around, we keep talking. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we got Representative Fred Shanks out here at Mississippi Blood Services. We're in the Element Well studio. It's middays, and we're coming right back. Middays with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi. Shake, 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 Sinora, shake your body liner. Shake, 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 Sinora, shake it all the time. Work, 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 
Sinora, work your body liner. Work, work. All right, I see uh, our friend Representative Price Wallace just <laughs> south of us. Uh, <laughs> sent us a little goat there. Also, Gary in the Berg on the ceasefire text line says, Fred Shanks, my favorite guest on your show. <laughs> he has a role in the remake of Caddyshack. <laughs> Great name. <laughs> Don't get blood, though, because shanks are contagious. That's it. That's it. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> That's a good one there. Well, thank you. Appreciate that, uh, Gary. So we got a whole new crop of representatives that are going to be seated. Down there at the Capitol now, I want you to think back mm -hmm. to um, the period when you were oh, a wow. freshman yeah. in the House. What would be your advice? Do you have any to okay. these newcomers? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I came in the kind of the end of the session in 2018. I came in a special election. And on the way over, I, I'd replaced John Moore. John had called me. <clears throat> I was on the interstate. I mean, I was headed over to, to check in for my first day. Yeah. And he said, look, you are not going to know what in the hell is going <laughs> on. He said, it's already a lot of things have already happened. He said, you just you look on the scoreboard, which that's our, our board with our names on it, says yes or no how you voted and he said and you look at the bottom right and you're going to see a word that says speaker and you vote however he votes <laughs> i was like that was and i did exactly what he told me to do and and, and look it's worked out but stay in the good graces of the man in charge it, or the woman in charge i mean because yeah. like i said earlier i just jumped straight into the fire i had i barely knew how to get to the parking lot you know but you know to the new group i would say the big thing is to just sit back and observe as much as you can and ask a lot of questions yeah. and i asked i wore people out uh i still do that because it's just it's so much and it's, it's a lot of it's complex so it, it takes a long time to really learn you know what you're doing and then you know you also have to deal with the politics of it yeah so you're, you're coming off a high because you just won your race <laughs> and you know hey i've made it I succeeded. Well, then you get there, and it's almost like the race starts over within the house. Yeah. You know, because you got to figure out uh, who to talk to. You have to figure out, well, I have to talk to this person for this particular issue. And then, well, maybe this person and that person don't really get along. So you, you got to figure out all the nuances of just people. You have to be a people person, or you're just not going to be successful. Yeah, you got to build relationships. A absolutely, no doubt. That, and and you got to build about. relationships with people that, that have different views than you. Absolutely. Do. Yeah. Uh, and and like you, I, I like that. I like kind of hearing both sides. Yeah. And, uh, you know, really seeing what everybody thinks. So. Yeah, absolutely. You need to consume all points of view, and then and then make uh, informed decisions on that basis. And of course, one of the things that is probably not uh, widely understood is. Some 3,000 bills usually oh, yeah, get yeah. filed. Yeah. Now, uh, a smidgen of those make it through committees and then get to the floor, but uh, uh, it, it gets kind of fast and furious there. That's right. That whole process is uh, – it. And, you know, the old saying goes, it's a bill is not dead until it's dead, dead, <laughs> dead, dead, three dead. times. And, and, and I think Dean Kirby told me that first. And I was like, ah, what? You know, no, nah, if it's dead, it's good. No, he was right, 100%. Uh, it's funny how things will just pop up, right. you know, at the end of the session. Right. That you thought, there's no way. And all of a sudden, <laughs> boom, that thing's back up. And you're like, how did that happen? Yeah. So there's, like I said, there's tons of these little nuances and, and, and deals and things. You just got to really have your eyes open. And yeah. you really have to pay attention. And, you know, the other thing, too, is to, you know, don't don't come in guns a-blazing and have 25 bills you want to file. It is it's very hard to work one bill. Yeah. So you really need to get your one or two good ideas 
and you know try to work them you got to work with the chairman on in the house side and then on the senate side as well and that is hard to do yeah then you're just taking care of all your stuff for your district as well so uh you know i would just take it slow yeah i think that's good advice it makes a lot of sense so uh, someone on the ceasefire text line, see if I can find it, wanted to know your thoughts about uh, perhaps prohibiting uh, the Chinese and, and foreign adversaries from acquiring land here in the state of Mississippi. That, that's that, probably that's a up. good question. Yeah. And, and that has actually been on my radar. That got brought up uh, to me a couple of months ago. It really started talking about that. I certainly want to work on something there. Yeah. Um, absolutely. But good question. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and, and I about? think you know everybody's kind of like-minded on that as well. I so, do too. Yeah, it's it's getting out of control, and I think some other states have taken some action uh, mm-hmm. with regards to that as well. We were talking about the uh, the license plate recognition technology, and and someone see if I can find it uh, here sent some information in about the uh, the state of Florida. Yeah, here we go. And this is on the ceasefire text line in Florida. If your auto insurance is canceled or lapsed. The insurance company notifies DMV and your driver's license and auto registration are automatically suspended. $1,000 fine if driving with insurance, without insurance. Also fine for suspended license and registration. So interesting. interesting. Well, different states have different approaches yeah, on well, this. That's certainly something to look at right there. Yeah, I think looking at perhaps some other states and, and their models and what works and what doesn't. But it, this is likely to come up, I think, mainly because you got Pearl who just took some action yep. here. And uh, that, that's gotten folks thinking about it more. But we'll Absolutely. be exploring that. Uh, you know, that person brought up Florida. I get every couple of months, I'll get a, a notice where uh, supposedly my vehicle has run through a toll booth and didn't. Oh, yeah. Toll. We've talked about that. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, it wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they've got essentially L- LPR technology that'll send you bills for the tolls That's if, it. You, if you run through mm-hmm. them without paying. So That's right. I'm on yeah. file, apparently, with them. <laughs> In- interesting. So let's talk about school choice for a minute. This is something that we've. We've kind of had a lot of false starts on. We have some degree of school choice with the special needs bill um, that, that passed several years ago, allowing uh, families with the students that have special needs to, to use the money that's allocated to them for tuition to, to uh, enroll their child in a school that uh, can better accommodate that. Uh, so we, we've gotten that legislation through. But we don't have universal school choice. We got neighboring Arkansas that just passed legislation to do that. Uh, apparently, and we're hearing, and I know uh, Representative Jason White, likely to be our speaker, uh, is aware of this as well. Alabama is really close to pushing okay. something through as well. Uh, so I think this is going to get some attention. Um, what's the general attitude and sentiment toward that uh, school choice, universal school choice specifically in the House, do you think? I, I think it's definitely coming up to discuss uh, with you know my colleagues, our, our our big talking points. We, we just really want to see a bill. Yeah. See what it looks like. Uh, on my point of view is, you know, I just want the uh, the students' parents to have skin in the game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, certainly I'm open to hearing about it more. You know, and and looking forward to a bill. But I do I do think it's coming. You know, coming up. Yeah, I think it's going to get. Uh, uh, of course, we have charter schools in 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 Mississippi as well, but we don't have nearly as many as as it w- we would think we'd have at this point. The charter school authorizer board uh, honestly has not approved any uh, the way that we thought they would. So. There's strong feelings on on both sides of this, and and I think what's important, this is what 
my recommendation is to school choice proponents, and I happen to be one, is I think we've got to start focusing more on what it isn't as opposed to what it is. I agree. Because all the fears people mm -hmm. have, uh, some are legitimate, but most are not, and I think they're they're overblown, and I think we've got to start more effectively communicating, no, that's not what this would mean. I, I agree 100%. I think there's just a lot of misunderstanding. Yeah. So need to be some more education on that. Uh, it's kind of like PERS. When PERS gets brought up, people freak out, but, you know, we, we're not going to really change anything. We just we, we just need to have the discussion, you know, yeah. for the future. Well, same thing there. Yeah. Know. But, of course, that's been uh, – I mean that that was brought up when I got in in eighteen. That 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 has been brought up every year. So I, I think it's due to you know really get a serious look. Yeah, and, and try um, to come up with something. We just haven't been able to get the so-called universal school choice, which essentially means that the the money follows mm -hmm. the student. Student can enroll wherever right. they want. Their money goes towards tuition, or they can choose uh, a public school that's not in their district, mm -hmm. and the money would would be transferred accordingly. And. You know, I've heard a lot of talk nationally on that lately. Big time. It's just been over and over and over. I hear it almost every day. Well, remember, President Trump was a big proponent of that. And when he appointed Betsy DeVos as the Secretary of Education, I mean, that was the top priority That's in right. her agenda. Yeah. Uh, so we're certainly hearing more. You're right. More and more about that at the at the national level. We got Iowa also that enacted pretty sweeping school choice legislation. Florida, Arizona have had universal school choice. They're kind of the models, mm -hmm. I think, for the country. And other states are certainly the red states. It it has kind of uh, divided uh, the issue by party. Mm -hmm. Most Democrats oppose it. They feel like that it hurts public schools. That's not the goal of school choice. It's in fact to enhance and make public schools better. But um, again, I think that's yeah. where you come into the misunderstanding and miscommunication. Absolutely. I think just you know educating more of both sides on it would yeah. uh, be a big help. Well, hopefully we'll get that done and we'll get some subject matter experts in to, to visit and uh, communicate address the bodies there in the House and the Senate and, and come up with something that makes sense that everybody can live with. Absolutely. Yeah. Always good to see you there, Representative Fred Shanks Enjoyed from it. Rankin County. has been our guest. Uh, we'll be talking to you some more. I think uh, we're going to see you here pretty soon. That's right. we got some events to go to, Christmas that's right. events. Right? Next week. Yeah, and tonight. Oh, that's we got right. one that's tonight, right. too. Right? That's right. All right. We'll see you then. Okay. Appreciate you coming on. Thanks. Yes, sir. Yeah, we're coming right back, folks. we got Brittany Mitchell, donor resources specialist with Mississippi Blood Services. That's where we are, Mississippi Blood Services in Flowood. Stay with us. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. All right, we are back on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, everyone. It's Middays. We're live today at Mississippi Blood Services on Lakeland Drive in Flowood, Mississippi. We welcome to the program now Brittany Mitchell, donor resources specialist with Mississippi Blood Services. 
Hey, Brittany, how's it going today? Hey, hey, it's going. It's a little slow here today, so we'd love to see some more donors, but that's why y'all are here, so we get to share some of the things that we have going on right now for the holiday season that we're really excited about. Uh, before I begin, let me just preface that today our blood type inventory is low in certain types, and I want to go ahead and share that because that is the priority. Uh, we have an urgent need for O-neg, O positive and B negative blood type. So if you do know your blood type, please go to any blood drive near you or center um, to donate for uh, someone in need. So Yeah. So, you know, of all the, the shows we've done out here, I don't know that you've ever come on and said that there were specific types that were in critical need like that. I mean, normally you've said, we need all types. Right, right, because we do, actually. Yeah. You know, yeah. it fluctuates, yeah. but, you know, we are we look at the status every single day mm -hmm. um, from what we've sent out from hospitals, um, and it drops quickly. So I'm able to monitor that and get messaging out where it needs to go. So. Okay, say that again. The types. We need O negative, O positive, and B negative blood types urgently. Again, all blood types are needed, but those are what we have almost zero of on the shelf at this present time. Gotcha. Okay, so tell me about this uh, really cool looking t-shirt you got here. Yes, um, we have uh, a sponsorship with Priority One Bank, and when you donate now through the 16th mm -hmm. at any of our centers, so Flowood, Cleveland, and Oxford, you'll receive a green holiday t-shirt, limited edition, um, yeah, sponsored by Priority One Bank. Okay. Yeah. And what does it say on it? It looks pretty neat there. I like the, the green background, the the circular design with the, the big tree in the middle. Yep. It says, the best gift this holiday can't be found under a tree. Give blood. Very cool. <laughs> Very cool. All right. So... Flowood, Cleveland, and Oxford Center is where these are available. Is that right? Correct. Okay. Mm -hmm. and, and then also a gift card. Yes. So now what we have right now that we launched yesterday is our holiday weekly drawing. So I want to go ahead and announce that. So when you donate at any mobile drive or location, you will be automatically registered in for a chance to win um, a PS4 or... $100 Visa gift card. We'll be giving away $200 Visas and one PS4. And so we'll have three winners total. Okay. So that goes from the 11th through the 16th at any location, mobile drive or center. Okay. All right. So as always, tell us about uh, briefly about the process of donating blood. Well, the process is very simple. Um, you check in at the front or on the bus. You go through the donor history portion. Um, and if you do it online, you can actually complete it before you even come in and just scan a QR code. But either way, that process takes about roughly 10 minutes. Um, and then the blood donation process for whole blood is overall, in total, the experience, 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Yep. Yeah. And then on the way out, you get uh, to enjoy the snack bar there, oh, right? Yeah. Yeah, take oh, yeah. care of you and make sure you're all good to go. Yep, we have a nice variety of snacks. Yeah, simple, <laughs> easy, painless, and uh, you're really helping someone out in need as well. Uh, so, uh, But the critical need right now, O negative, O positive, B negative. Correct. Is that correct? That is correct. And you have uh, real-time visibility into those inventories. We do, yes. Across the entire state? Um, now, for our center. Okay. Yes. The, the, what we this. have in order to fulfill hospital needs. Okay. Yeah. 
so the hospitals that this center serves. Is that correct? Or tell the, me how that works. It's the center itself. So our okay. blood, Mississippi you. Blood Service shelf. I got shelf. you. I got yeah. you. I got you. All right. Mm -hmm. O neg, O positive, B neg. And if you really want to max your type in, and those are all your types, whole blood or double red. So two units of a whole blood. Gotcha. Um, yes. That's what we really need right now. And that process would take roughly 30 minutes for you to do. Question on the ceasefire text line from Darren and Jackson. Can I give blood if I was stationed in the United Kingdom during the 1980s? Is there some issue there? Now, FDA requirements change periodically. So please message us directly on our Facebook page or give us a call. Uh, and we can get that information over to you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, any other restrictions that the people need to know about before we go here as far as who might not be qualified, eligible to donate blood? Well, believe it or not, m most times you can you are eligible to donate. Okay. So the best question is to ask. We also have a resource library page that you can review any medication that you might be on that could defer you. I got you. Mm -hmm. All right. Appreciate that. Brittany Mitchell, donor, a resources specialist here at Mississippi Blood Services, has been our guest. We're going to talk to you again uh, in the next hour, right? All right. Sounds okay. good. Sounds good. We are taking a break right now. It's top of the hour. That means Fox News and Super Talk News. When we return, it's Don Redman, spokesman for AAA Mississippi. We'll get his thoughts about gas prices and holiday travel. Stay with us. Welcome to the show that challenges you to think deeply, to think deeply. and look beyond political posturing. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, everyone. It's Middays, Hour 2 of the program, live from the Element Well Studios, positioned at Mississippi Blood Services in Flowood, Mississippi. Come by and see us and donate blood. It's, it's fast, it's simple, it is painless. And as we just learned from Brittany Mitchell, donor resources specialist with Mississippi Blood Services, there is an urgent need for O negative, O positive, and B negative blood types. Come on out and give. We, uh, we welcome to the program now Don Redmond, spokesman for AAA Mississippi. Hey, Don. Hey, good morning. Thanks for joining us. So we've got the, uh, the busy holiday travel season uh, upon us. It looks like that the price of gas, the price of fuel, has moderated somewhat, certainly since this time last year. What are you seeing? Yeah, we're looking at right now at a statewide average of about 267. But I know many of your listeners know of areas that are, are already selling under 250 a gallon. And I think, at least in the short term, that will be continue to be the trend. The price is falling. We're about 17 cents a gallon cheaper than we were this time last year. 17 cents. Okay. Seems like it's actually a little more than that, but, uh, uh, yeah, that's, that certainly sounds in line. I actually saw 239, uh, on, uh, some of the digital signs at the service stations at the 
convenience stores this morning on the way in. So like you said, even some places showing below 250. In your crystal ball there, do you see that trend continuing? I do. Typically, we'll see January sometimes, or in most cases, uh, the best prices that you'll see on the calendar year, largely because the the demand for fuel is just uh you know in the garbage so that usually benefits for the consumer in january uh but once we get into the spring you know a lot of that changes uh, as we start making a transition from what we call a winter grade gasoline to the spring grade which is more expensive to refine mm-hmm. as well as there's temporary not shortages, but a, a decline in inventories. That's what's helping us, too, right now. We're seeing the price of crude drop down to under $70 a barrel. But also, we have very healthy inventory for this time of the year in the U.S., uh, a, a coupled with low demand. That's what's driving those prices downward. And I expect that to continue through January. Uh, but things start changing once you get into February and March. The data I have, Don, shows that AAA is predicting that December the 23rd, the 28th, and the 30th are scheduled to be really big travel days this year. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, that's what we're we're projecting. We've been uh, following the the we call it the winter holidays because it encompasses Christmas as well as as New Year's. So it's a longer span than say a little concentrated area of Thanksgiving or Fourth of July. So you definitely will see more people traveling. But this is we've been following the forecast since two thousand. So in the past wow. twenty three years, this is going to be the second busiest. Christmas, New Year's holiday that we've cracked. Uh, it's going to be uh, a big banner number for us, certainly uh, close to where we saw numbers in 2019. So to anything in specific, Don, to, to what do you attribute this uh, this explosion of travel at second busiest? I mean, that's incredible. Yeah, you know, and, and that's a that's a great question because you know, you know a lot of travel uh, experts are trying to like, what is going on? We're feeling because <laughs> Suddenly, I think that we've really got COVID behind us. Yeah. Now, there's of course there's there's new concerns in the horizons, but but I think this really is a rebound of people who, for the past two three years, have been really staying close to home or not traveling at all, and they're coming out uh, and feeling very confident in their personal economies. That's what we've always seen. The big things: how do people feel about their own personal economies? Um, and and just that desire to get out and travel, and I think that's the big thing. One of the things that we're seeing really boosting travel right now is people returning to cruising. Cruising, at least in the in the Gulf hmm. Coast area, has always been a a big uh, mainstay, especially in the Gulf Coast uh, area. But uh, I think people are feeling confident about cruising again, and you really see big numbers in that way uh, area as well. I'll be darned. So, what about uh, Don? What about hotels and and uh, food and the other things you got to buy when you're traveling, got to have a place to stay, got to eat. What? Uh, how's that faring in terms of pricing and in any deals, availability, et cetera? Well, obviously, you know, the sooner you can book something, the better deals you get. Uh, there will be obviously some, you know, hotels available for you, but we're, we're expecting a largely because of the bigger push in uh, travel that that hotel prices will hold steady which we saw uh, going back to Thanksgiving, uh, prices have been about 2% cheaper than we, they were the previous year. So on the average, you're looking uh, a nightly average of about 120 a night 
Obviously, you can find deals better than that, but depending on where you're staying, it may be even much more than that. Uh, but yeah. uh, I, I think that uh, the price are going to stabilize. Restaurants, again, about a 10% increase over last year. It just it just coincides with everything. Everything's more expensive right now, but yeah. we have seen some break in the price of car rental, for example. Uh, you might get about 20% cheaper than you were just a year ago. Largely, again, fleets have increased in size. A lot of those uh, uh, car rental places, they were just, their fleets were devastated uh, during COVID. And so they're, they're rebuilding their, so you're starting to get some kind of a savings with your car rental that's in, in your projections. But, you know, overall, I, I think that, uh, you, you know, your airline tickets may be down again. The sooner you book them, hopefully you've already booked them for the, for the yeah. holiday. Otherwise, you know, the, the deals are going to be harder to come by. But I, I think that in the long run, maybe if you gauged a six to 10% increase over the previous year in terms of overall costs from, uh, from, uh, hotel stays, restaurant stays, those type of things, I, I think that you'll be in good shape just budgeting about 10% more than what you did last year. Don, what about electric vehicles and and uh, the kind of slow adoption? I think it's fair to say of those. How, how does that affect your your membership, your services, your 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 overall business model? You know, right now in Southern California, we are piloting a program. We're actually able trying to to work out the mechanics of charging a uh, an EV that has been stranded because we were unable to uh, to uh, hmm. power up in time. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of moving parts for this, and, and just the infrastructure is just not there. I mean, you even had the, the CEO of, of Ford uh, driving his EV pickup truck and like, wow, uh, this is a little more difficult than, than I thought it was going to be. Um, yeah. And you've had a, a variety of of reporters for national magazines and newspapers and, and television as well, who made these long journeys and like, man, trying to recharge is taking me up four hours or, or longer. Yeah. So, uh, I think it's a rude awakening for, um, a lot of the, uh, the population that, yeah, we theoretically, we love the idea of a, of an EV, but when it comes down to the infrastructure, be able to charge it and, and those type of things, what do I do if I'm stranded? Who's going to be able to come service me? All those type of questions still have to be worked out. Yeah, even though the federal government has allocated lots of money, billions, in fact, uh, to the installation of uh, EV charging stations, it, it really they aren't being installed at the rate that I think the government thought, and I, and I think that's sort of putting putting a damper on adoption. Oh yeah, there, there's no doubt about it. And there's you know the the costs associated uh, with battery replacement. I think there's sticker shock uh, for a lot yeah. of people who've now had to replace their who've had it for a few years and need to replace their batteries. Like wow, that's that's more than I thought. There's I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I think that the bloom is off the rose on EVs. I, I think people are more interested in in hybrids. Uh, where it's, you know, part electrical, part, uh, gasoline powered, uh, looking as more feasible for them right now. I still think that personally, I still think we're a number of years away that we could say, yeah, the EVs is the, is the, uh, the, the booming trend. I, I think it's a fact, there's a, uh, people are fascinated by it. Uh, uh, and, but yet when it comes to the realities of how do I charge up in a long distance strip, uh, there's there's a lot of holes to be filled. Yeah, it seems like that we got a ways to go. But it sounds like your organization, AAA, though, is is uh, it, at least starting to include that or, or this this 
possible eventual adoption whenever that happens in in your business plan in your in your planning and in your business model yeah you know uh, we started in in uh, uh, 1902 uh, uh, first as an auto club, just uh, road uh, car enthusiasts, if you will. Uh, in Mississippi, had some as early as 1904 on AAA clubs. Wow. But uh, shortly after that, I was like, you know, I'm stuck. Uh, can somebody <laughs> come get me a roadside service? <laughs> yep. So it's just kind of like that's, that's kind of our DNA. And, uh, yeah, people are uh, buying EVs, and so we got to figure out a plan yep. to try to service them. Makes sense. Don, we really appreciate you uh, joining us today and providing some insight into the upcoming busy travels uh, season, certainly with the holidays upon us. Thanks a lot. You have a great holiday. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Same to you. Thank you. Bye-bye. We're coming right back in the Element Well studio at Mississippi Blood Services. Stay with us. Talk that keeps Mississippi talking. Now, on to the real part. Dynamite! On Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, everyone. It's Middays Live today from Mississippi Blood Services in Flowood, Mississippi, just off Lakeland Drive. Come on out and give blood. The, the need is urgent for O negative, O positive, B negative uh, blood types. And get yourself a really cool-looking uh, green holiday Christmas T-shirt as well. The poll number's not looking good for President Biden, as we discussed earlier. Some 37%, only 37%, approve of Biden's job performance. This is according to the Wall Street Journal, but honestly, it's consistent with polls conducted by virtually every polling organization, be they from left-leaning or right-leaning uh, sources. Does it look good? 76% of Americans, 76%, say they're having a hard time getting their income to keep up with their household finance needs. 76%. Yet the president and his spokespeople, his surrogates, in particular, Karine Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, continue to tell us that all is well. It's like the captain of the Titanic. That the president's economic policies are producing positive results for Americans, but they're not feeling it. They don't see it. When you got to tell people that and they're not telling you that, you got a problem. In the polls, they're saying, no, Mr. President, your policies aren't working. We're worse off. Yet they ignore that dismiss it and continue to communicate to the american people hey you're better off because of us everything's great look at all we're doing for you really incredible 
tone deaf, as they say. And that's kind of what's going on right now. So these poll numbers are troubling. Democrats, I believe, are scrambling, trying to come up with a plan B, if you will. He, he's clearly the Democratic frontrunner, is the current president. He will be 82 at his potential second inauguration. There are a lot of concerns about his age, I think. Those concerns are not just emanating from Republicans, but Democrats feel the same way. They, they, they clearly see cognitive decline. They see the situation at the border. Ridiculous chaos. Uh, they're saying that their income is not keeping up with their household expenses. And all of this is just bad news for the president. As we said earlier, he not only loses to Trump in a head-to-head poll, the former president, Donald Trump, supported by 47% of respondents. This is according to a recent Wall Street Journal poll compared to 43 who would cast their ballot for the current president. That's 1,500 registered voters were polled there. Emerson College carried out a similar poll in the first week of December. They said Trump led Biden in the poll resort, uh, results by 4%. So that's consistent with the Wall Street Journal. So that's two different polling organizations that are diametrically opposed, honestly, in philosophy, and they come out with the same result. With respect to Governor Ron DeSantis versus Joe Biden, the, uh, the governor shows that he gets 51% compared to 49% for Joe Biden. This was a poll conducted November 27th to December 1st, included 2,018 registered voters. And this is what's really shocking, honestly. That is Nikki Haley, former governor of South Carolina, UN ambassador, again, a Wall Street Journal poll shows Haley leads Biden by a whopping 17 points. Haley beats Biden by more percentage points than does the former president, Donald Trump. That is incredible. 51% supported her. Of the respondents, 34 for Joe Biden in a head-to-head matchup, and then the rest went to somebody else. So that, that's really incredible. Just also got a notification that New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu is going to endorse Nikki Haley. So it is a little odd that you've got the front runner Donald Trump, not receiving the endorsement of the governor of Iowa. Ron DeSantis secured that. And then Nikki Haley secures... Governor Chris Sununu, and of course, these are the first two primaries that will be held. I still believe after Iowa, we're likely to see it thin out somewhat. I don't see Chris Christie going beyond Iowa. I don't see Vivek Ramaswamy going beyond Iowa. I'm not sure 
about uh, Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley. It just depends on what the fundraising looks like. They'll take the temperature of that after the Iowa caucus and figure it out from there. But uh, I think for all intents and purposes, it's, it's Donald Trump. I think it's a done deal. I did note that virtually all, if not all, statewide leaders here in Mississippi, as well as our congressional de- delegation, the Republicans at least, have all endorsed Donald Trump, former president, as uh, their choice for the Republican nominee. So I, I think the stage is set. We saw where those polls got us in 2020, and especially when you only poll one way. The poll's pretty accurate, uh, honestly. I, I would encourage you to go back. This is on the ceasefire text line of comment. I'd encourage you to go back and take a look at that. Especially look at the real clear politics average, which is all the polls, and uh, averaged out. And also, I've always paid a lot of attention to Scott Rasmussen in his polls. He just seems to be, even going back to 2008 when I really started following Rasmussen, seems to be dead on accurate. So I would uh, <clears throat> I would heed the results from those polls as, as being very telling. The biggest problem for Joe Biden, when you think about how presidents are elected, and, and one of the problems, of course, with, with just broad polls without polling within the state, nationwide polls, if you will, even if, even if it's only 1,500 or 2,000 respondents, the biggest problem is that that's not how we elect presidents in this country. We elect presidents via the electoral college process. And and so that depends on, of course, which candidate in general, in most states, which candidate wins the most votes in a state. Talking about in a general election. Uh, so there are some states that award all of their electoral votes to whomever receives the most popular, uh, the most votes in uh, from a popular election perspective. But this is what should be troubling and telling for the Biden camp, which is that Michigan and Georgia, Michigan and Georgia, both in polls have negative views of Mr. Biden, and that former President Donald Trump has the upper hand in these two critical battleground states, broad majorities in both states. Again, having negative views of the sitting president, his policy positions. And then there have been some questions asked about just his his overall sharpness, his mental sharpness, even by CNN, surprisingly. And, in fact, I'm looking at a CNN poll right now in Georgia, which was a state that Biden carried in 2020. Registered voters say they prefer Trump 49% over Biden, 44 in a head-to-head matchup. In Michigan, it's even more lopsided, which was a bit surprising. In Michigan, where in 2020, Joe Biden won by a wider margin, Trump has 50% to Biden's 40. 10% said they wouldn't support either candidate. Even after being asked which way they lean, neither candidate. Wow. So, again... These are rather grim numbers for the president, and I think the current president, and I think they reflect a lot of hesitancy 
and second-guessing among his base. A lot of these Democrats in these two critical battleground states, according to this poll, don't approve of the president in his performance. So this is a problem. Again, I believe economic issues are, are going to be the key factor. And he's just not winning the day there. It may improve somewhat. We got CPI report today. We'll talk about that on the other side of the break. We're in the Element Well studio at Mississippi Blood Services. We need blood. Come out and see us. Coming right back. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. It is on. On Super Talk Mississippi. everyone middays is back with you live at the mississippi blood services we appreciate you joining us so last week you may recall that the president was on the road in nevada he was really boasting about his massive infrastructure spending bill and he he just exhibited once again his um his difficulty in just just communicating, honestly, just just bare bones, simple communication. In this case, something we're about to play for you. In this case, he kind of made up some new numbers. Take a listen here. My watch instead of infrastructure week, America's having infrastructure decade, <laughs> decade. Over a billion, three hundred million, trillion, three hundred million dollars. Trump just talks the talk. We walk the walk. <laughs> Look. He likes to say America's a failing nation. Frankly, he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. I see shovels on the ground, cranes in the sky, people hard at work rebuilding America together. If you didn't catch that, I'll repeat it for you. Over a billion, three hundred million, trillion, three hundred million. <laughs> How many zeros is that, Rhino? <laughs> gosh, dog. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's sad. I, I laugh at it, but it, it's sad. And again, if it was the first time, but it's not. It's constant. I, I don't know that he is able to get through any remarks, any public statements without that sort of stuff. And uh, it's it's a concern, no doubt about it. And we, I think this is what's hurting him, is, is what I'm saying. So um, I, I think this is showing up in, these, in the polls. And the, the, the party... In his inner circle, they're aware of this. They're paying attention to it. They're concerned. There's absolutely no doubt about that. You may have seen that they've called on Hillary Clinton. That's like their secret weapon. She's coming out and starting to promote her support for the president. 
And I, I don't think that, honestly, I don't think that helps. I think it probably hurts. I know she's still fairly popular, I guess, around uh, Democrats and in Democrat circles, but I don't think even her support, her endorsement, can overcome these, these shortcomings. I really don't. On the ceasefire text line, uh, we saw where those polls got us in 2020, and especially when you only poll one way. I'm not sure what you mean by one way. And this person says, I've never been polled. I actually haven't either, but that doesn't invalidate the polls, in my view, the fact that I haven't or, or this, this person hasn't. I mean, it's a, it's a sample. It's a statistical sample. Says, I'm simply saying they poll according to how they lean. Well, it's certainly true that that uh, answers, responses to polling questions, they're, they're somewhat influenced by the way the, the questions are structured. There's no doubt about that. They can also be skewed based on uh, whom they poll. Uh, I agree. But in this case, and this is the point I'm making, is that we've got left-leaning organizations, right-leaning organizations, and they're producing the same polling results. That's what's instructive here. That's what's important to me here. And it should be important to all of us, and it should be telling to all of us. But when CNN produces the same poll results that the Wall, that the Wall Street Journal does, I, I think you've, you've got to, to uh, I guess, lend some credibility to those results. They align almost perfectly, honestly. It's, it's CNN... In fact, it did the head-to-head matchup polling that we just discussed that shows Nikki Haley just trouncing Joe Biden. He's also got problems with, with young voters, does Joe Biden. Some of that's just because, you know, they, they're not attracted to someone with, of his age, at least with uh, what appears to be just mental challenges, even some physical challenges. Now, Donald Trump, it's fair to say, is 77. He falls short of their expectations as well, but not to the degree that Joe Biden does. He certainly looks like, you wouldn't know from putting the two side by side, I would say, that there are only three and a half years or so of age separating them because Donald Trump just looks way more energetic, just just physically looks younger, more fit, and certainly communicates, I think, more effectively and more cogently than Joe Biden does. And I, and I think that's definitely at play here. Robin Hattiesburg says Hillary is a pariah. I agree with you, Rob. I just don't see how that is is going to help the Biden camp. But nonetheless, they have... They brought her in. Well, I'm not sure they have or if she just forced herself in. You don't know with her. She can't seem to stay out of the limelight and I think is still incredibly sore that she lost to Donald Trump, the presidency, in 2016. I believe she's the worst candidate in history in the general election for sure. Nancy Pelosi had something to say yesterday as she's taking shots at the Republicans. And by the way, she utilized the hashtag in this statement that I'm about to read from her Twitter account. The hashtag Monday Motivation. (laughs) 
Republican politicians want to control your body, your family, your survival. Democrats believe no politician should deny women reproductive care or choose the timing and size of your families. That's why freedom is on the ballot in 2024 and while we'll win. You mean the freedom to kill a baby in the womb right there, former Speaker Pelosi? That's what you're saying. You're free to harm another human. That's literally how they see it. Because they don't accept, of course, that that baby in the womb is such. I don't think they even accept it once the gestation period has reached the point at which virtually all scientists and medical professionals say that the, that the baby is fully viable. They don't seem to even buy into that idea. But that's from old Nancy Pelosi there. Of course, she had to, had to weigh in. Uh, some, another story that I wanted to share that deeply disturbs me. It should disturb all of us. You may have seen it. It's about a California moving company. <laughs> and this, this moving company really promotes that its staff are, are young, buffed, I mean, really uh, well-conditioned <laughs> employees, which is what you want, I think, when it comes to moving your stuff from one, say, house to another. The name of the company is Meathead Movers. So the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission has filed a lawsuit against the company, Meathead Movers, for violating age discrimination. Now, what do you want? Old, weak people come to your house to start packing up all the gear? And that's not to say that there aren't people of age that can't easily handle a significant load. Of course there are. But I would say that age shouldn't be the factor. The factor should be, can you do the job? Like it should be in every job situation. That ought to be the qualifications. Hey, can you do this job? Regardless of your age. Now, sometimes age figures into that. Certain jobs that require lots of rigorous physical activity, of course, a, a young person in general is going to be more qualified, more adept at that. But this company, that's kind of their brand. And so they, they run ads I've seen where they show, their, <laughs> they show their, their team, their team of movers out lifting weights and flexing their muscles. I mean, that's kind of how they built their brand. It's the Fresno Company. It's been around since 97. And they sort of specialize in hiring student athletes. And it, it goes to social media to showcase their they're muscled up employees, lifting weights and boxes and so forth. And here comes the Equal Opportunity, Employment Opportunity Commission, and they're saying, oh no, you got to start hiring some old people that can't lift these boxes. This is ridiculous. This is just a, another rung in the ladder on the march to mediocrity, is what this is. Just bug out. It's just unbelievable. I'm looking at a photo right now of many of their team member, members. They're at a celebration, a 25-year celebration, Meathead Movers. Yeah, they all look kind of like the kind of people you'd probably want showing up to hoist this really heavy stuff you have in your house.
But the owner says, look, we're open to hiring anyone at any age as long as they can do the job. What is wrong with that? What's wrong with that? And their employees have come, come out and said they love working for the company. Wow. We're coming right back with Brittany Mitchell, donor resources specialist at Mississippi Blood Services. You know what that means. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. We'll do it live. On Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, everyone. It's Middays Live from Mississippi Blood Services in Flowood, Mississippi, just off uh, Lakeland Drive. We welcome back to the program Brittany Mitchell, Donor Resources Specialist with Mississippi Blood Services. Okay, Brittany, tell us again uh, those types that we have a particular urgent need for. O negative, O positive, and B negative. So you were just telling me that um, the the traffic, the flow of donors today is a little down from what we need. It is. Typically, we would like to have 200 donors statewide per day. And at this point right now, we only have 45 donors. Wow. So we need y'all to come out and donate. We've got several mobile setups uh, throughout the state today that I'll list. And of course, we have our main center in Flowood, our Oxford Center, and Cleveland Center, if you're in those areas. Um, but to begin, uh, we've got Greenwood Fire and Police Department. They're having a Holiday Hero competition at the Greenwood Police Department, where you can donate from 10 to 2. And then we are at Mississippi Museum of Natural Science from 11 to 3. New Care in Madison from 10 to 2. Uh, Sullivan's Marketplace in Gluckstadt from 1 to 5, Ramey's Grocery in Monticello from 12 to 4, SIP 27 in Decatur from 11 a.m. until 4 p.m., and Bishop's in Boonville from 12 to 4. All of um, all donors will receive a holiday t-shirt. So. Yeah, holiday t-shirt. Yep. And uh, what about some gift cards? We have something going on there? Well, we actually have a giveaway. So not only will you get a t-shirt, um, you will d be automatically registered into our weekly holiday drawing for week one, where you'll be automatically registered to either win a PS4, a $150 Visa card. So there'll be three winners total. Um so yeah, two people are going to get a $150 Visa card, and one person is going to be walking away with a PS4, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, tell us again about the process, uh, just in case folks uh, hadn't heard it from earlier being described. <clears throat> yeah, well, you check in, do your donor history just to make sure that your blood pressure and your iron levels are looking good. And then you go sit in the chair and you get a little stick. It's not painful at all. And the blood donation process takes about 10 minutes. And then you'll go into our canteen area and have some snacks and refreshments for about 10 minutes. Just make sure you're feeling good enough to get on back to regular, yeah. I guess, life. So Nothing to it. 30 minutes. Uh, nothing to it. The folks are really good here. They take good care of you. Uh, it's a it's a, a simple uh, process. It's painless, and uh, you get a little snack on the way out too. Yep. Yeah. Sure do. Yeah, and and 
and t-shirt. Yep. Yeah. So at our at our centers, we're going to be giving away a holiday t-shirt sponsored by Priority One Bank now through the 16th. So y'all come in and donate if you want one. We are starting to run pretty low. So today would be a great day to go ahead and do that. And you'll also be automatically entered into that drawing to Very potentially cool. win a prize. So three winners, y'all. That's good odds. Very cool. So we just need you to come in. That's the big right, thing. Right, right. We're, we're uh, <laughs> behind schedule as far as the, the uh, numbers we need to come in and donate. Absolutely. So if y'all could, please, um, you're helping people in need. And it's the holiday season, y'all. And I understand people are busy and have, have a lot going on with travel. But that's the other thing, too, is with travel comes risks. You know, there are so many trauma patients from travel during the holidays. And that's why we need ONAG blood, because it's, anyone can receive that blood type. And when there is some sort of disaster, that's what the hospital is going for to save that person's life. Yeah. So that is why we are begging y'all, Oneg, Opaz, and Bneg, y'all please go to a mobile drive near you or a center and donate. But again, all blood types are needed. So just come in and see us. Yeah. We're begging you. Yeah, we need you, folks. Mm -hmm. And uh, once again, the Oneg, O positive, and uh, Bneg blood types are in particular need. Of course, you always tell us we, uh, we need all types. Right. Uh, but these in particular are a problem. You also shared with us that you have uh, real-time visibility into the data, and so you can see supplies, and that's how you know that we have these critical needs. Right. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, it's again, it's painless. It's simple. It's easy. The folks here will take care of you in and out, 30 minutes at the most, get a snack as well. Uh, easy to get to all these locations across the state that we've got set up, the mobile locations as well as the main offices. Mm -hmm. And if any of those mobile drives weren't listed uh, or you're not near, you can always visit msblood.net to search for a blood drive near you by zip code. So please do that. Um, and also just give us a call, too, 601-368-2673. Yep. Appreciate it, Brittany. Thanks. Uh, we'll talk to you again. All right. Thank you. Folks, it's time for Fox News and Super Talk News. That's because it's top of the hour. We're coming right back with a whole other hour, the afternoon portion of middays, the Element Well Studio, once again, at Mississippi Blood Services in Flowood. To go beyond the headlines and join a meaningful conversation with people from around the state. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Here on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, everyone. It's Middays. We are live today at Mississippi Blood Services in Flowood, Mississippi, where the need for blood is a critical, in particular, O-negative, O-positive, B-negative blood types. Come on out to the Flowood Center, the main headquarters. If you're in the area, 
We're set up right inside the doors. Got Scary Gary out here keeping everybody under control, of course. <laughs> you get yourself a T-shirt, really cool-looking green Christmas T-shirt that uh, has a circular emblem on it. The best gift this holiday can't be found, cannot be found under a tree. And there's a tree that's kind of done in the shape of a drop of blood with a star on the top and uh, little snowflakes all around it. Really cool looking looking shirt uh, for sure. So uh, Bill Ackman, he is the very vocal, outspoken hedge fund manager, billionaire, Harvard grad. He just came out and said that the reason Harvard retained its president, Claudine Gay, we learned that earlier this morning, is because they feared the, the boards that they would be kowtowing to him. He says that he's got this on uh, and from reliable sources, this information from insiders on the board there, that they were concerned that it would appear that they would be kowtowing to him specifically. He goes out to Twitter and says, in other words, the reporters explain, quoting the trustees, had Bill just stopped tweeting, we would have come to the right answer. So much for Veritas, for the truth. Unbelievable. But she's she's there, and, you know, you just got to do the right thing. It shouldn't matter that you appeared to be kowtowing to anybody, which you're really not here. You're just, you're just doing the right thing. But they couldn't come to that conclusion, and so Ms. Gay will still be the president. Unbelievable. Truly is. More information has surfaced that uh, reveals Miss Gay was a rather prolific plagiarist. Numerous examples of her, dozens is the way it's being described, of her plagiarism. That she was really just a hire because of the Harvard Institution's pursuit of diversity, equity, and inclusion. I think these DEI departments and all these efforts, all this money, these organizational units, all their actions ought to be abolished. We should return to merit, merit and merit only as the qualification for hiring and promotion and compensation. It should be based on your value, based on your ability to produce, to do the work, period. Nothing more or less. But multiple sources say now that the search committee that hired Ms. Gay, they excluded non-DEI eligible candidates. Is it becoming clear now, Rhino, that inclusion really is exclusion? That, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a ruse. There's no inclusion. This is exclusion. It's as if you can't engage in inclusion without practicing exclusion, which is exactly what they're doing here. And so they know. 
uh, did the search committee that she plagiarized various sections of her of her dissertation. And there are screenshots now floating around of the comparisons of her writing in her dissertation to the writing of others. At least a dozen others. Unbelievable that uh, that she copied. What really bothers is if if you look at if you look at Harvard's code of conduct, it, it clearly says that academic integrity is most important and that works produced as a student or as an instructor, professor at Harvard have got to be original and, and cannot be copied, duplicated. But that's exactly what she did, and she's the president. It's just unbelievable. So I guess that the Harvard Code of Conduct really doesn't apply, doesn't, doesn't mean anything. If uh, in the case where you're trying to hire someone uh, essentially on the basis of their physical attributes, the so-called DEI, um, hire, if you will. But uh, the Code of Conduct is pretty clear that they don't tolerate such academic behavior where you're you're copying <laughs> and uh, the work of others and they lack uh, your work lacks uh, integrity academic integrity really incredible well let's follow it to a logical conclusion if they investigate her and find that she's guilty of plagiarism and they don't do anything has harvard ever expelled someone for plagiarism I'm fairly certain in their long history they would have, or they wouldn't have it in their code of conduct. Which means if she can get away with it and maintain her presidency of the university, wouldn't that open them up to lawsuits from any and every person they've ever expelled for plagiarism? That's a good point. Uh, it's an excellent point. It sure seems like it. I'm looking at the honor code now. Uh, it's it's selectively applied, right? That's what we got going on here. Just as these presidents selectively applied their policies on harassment and hostile behavior, uh, that's a, in in bullying. That's exactly what's happening here at a higher level. That they're they're just sort of looking the other way with respect to application of their own institution's honor code when it came to hiring Miss Gay as their president, because they were bound and determined to hire her as a black woman, and someone the other, the other day said she also happens to be gay. I'm the honor code, the first statement, members of the Harvard College community commit themselves to producing academic work of integrity. That is, work that adheres to the scholarly and intellectual standards of accurate attribution of sources, appropriate collection and use of data, and transparent acknowledgement of the contribution of others to their ideas, discoveries, interpretations, and conclusions. Yet, you can look at her writing and her dissertation side by side with the writing of others and see she just copied it. So that just that, I mean just one paragraph violates 
Harvard's honor code here. Now, that's a long statement to basically say you can't cheat, is what it says. Your work has to be original. That's a real kind of flowery, legal way almost, virtuous way of making that statement. But that's essentially, and in fact, the next statement, Rhino says, cheating on exams or problem sets, plagiarizing or misrepresenting the ideas of language of someone else as one's own, falsifying data or any other instance of academic dishonesty violates the standards of our community. Duh! You shouldn't even have to say that, honestly. That's just common sense. That's just logic. But yet, that's who they hired as a president. Unbelievable. I guess you have to contextualize cheating now, right? Is what the job is. Really is incredible. What does the B stand for in LGBT? Bisexual. Tell me how you can be bisexual when there's... Not two sexes, says Zach in Oxford. Well, that's back to the fundamental problem we have, right, Zach, is we can't agree as a society. There are a lot of us that, that agree. Yeah, there's only two. But, you know, you can, you can be condemned for making that statement these days. There's only two sexes. It's no different than... Those who said all lives matter in the face of all the Black Lives Matter protests, you, you would be condemned and denounced strongly, severely, for just saying that. It's really incredible. Gary in the Berg says, where is the DEI for conservatives in journalism and law schools and applicants for university presidents who are conservative? Conservatives are excluded. Same goes for the NFL and NBA. Need more whites, Hispanics, and Asians. Hey, Gary, what about old folks, right? <laughs> the, the, um, the elderly. I mean, we just talked about this case in California where meathead movers is being sued because they don't have enough old people moving. What about old people playing in the NBA that are four foot tall? We're stepping aside for a break. The Element Well Studio at Mississippi Blood Services in Flowood. It's so awesome! Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Come on! Let's get on with the show! On Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, everyone. It's Middays. We're live today at Mississippi Blood Services. There is a crucial need for blood, particularly the types O negative, O positive, and B negative. Come on out and see us if you're in the area. We're at the main headquarters in Flowood, just off of Lakeland Drive. I've seen a couple of friends walk through the doors and come in to donate. Heard the, the broadcast. Really appreciate that. So, Wake Forest University, more crazy stuff from the academic world, in particular, the world of higher education. A recent email sent to fake for Wake Forest University campus community <sighs> announcing its annual Love Fest, a service to celebrate Christmas. 
This year did not include the actual word Christmas. Instead, the email, which was drafted by and sent by the university chaplain, Tim Allman, referred to it as the holiday season. This is the chaplain. Chaplain of what? DEI? Wokeness? Oh, but, the, but pay no attention. There's no war on Christianity. Now, Wake Forest, it turns out, was founded by Baptists. And they also were hosting a winter celebration for employees. No mention of the word Christmas. And that was from the memo sent out November 28th. It's just incredible. With this, this nonsense of tiptoeing around words or forcing certain words in, in this effort, I think, just to erase mainstream language in this country, and in particular, I guess mainstream, I'm referring to the fact that the country was founded on Judeo-Christian principles. The founders were all believers and believed in the power of God and prayer, believed that our nation was a gift from God, and that we are, we are blessed with, granted certain unalienable rights from our Creator, the only nation that I know of on the planet that was founded on that principle. The chaplain, by the way, when asked, by investigative reporters about these uh, <laughs> these emails refused to comment. It's incredible. This love fest, by the way, according to campus materials, is a Christian tradition held to celebrate Christmas. I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this correct, Rhino. You'll have to help me. Moravian Christian? Moravians were the first European settlers in that area where Wake Forest is in North Carolina, it turns out. And they're the ones that originated this Christmas celebration. M-O-R-A-B-I-A-N. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The <laughs> Unbelievable. The university chaplain, I guess, chaplain just can't bear to use... The word Christian, worried about offending someone, I guess. It is incredible. We cannot function as a society walking on eggshells worrying about offending someone over use of the word Christmas. But it's okay to go out and chant right at Harvard, at MIT, and University of Pennsylvania, chant from the river to the sea and call for the genocide of Jews. That's okay. You're not offending anybody with that, right? Just calling for them to be put to death. But say the word Christmas, which represents nothing but good and, and, and virtue and kindness and humanity. Can't say that. Might offend someone. It's just upside down. Totally upside down. Well, on top of Biden flubbing his, uh, his speech 
about the trillion, million, billion, gazillion. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. You got more calls coming from oh, Liz Warren. She wants that wealth tax. She wants to implement that child tax credit, and she wants to tell you how hard she's working for you. But their idea of working hard for you is just taking out of one pocket and putting in, in somebody else's. That's what they see their role is, it, it, is just to recut the pie. In the meantime, last week, by the way, when he was in Nevada, Joe Biden said that his plan is to eliminate 60%, 60% of this country's electric power. He said that he's stopping production of all new coal plants, shutting down existing ones over the next decade. But, of course, pay no attention to the fact that China is building dozens upon dozens of brand new coal plants. Unbelievable. So... You got, he's got no plan of how to replace this energy, which is abundant in this country. So is natural gas, which powers much of our electricity. The economy, society, cannot function without power. It's built around that. He's got no plan. Rather, he just continues to genuflect at the altar of climate change. Really in Incredible. Someone asked about, I guess, blood donations, vax, no vax. That is not an issue whatsoever. And I would encourage you to uh, those who are interested to take a look at uh, Mississippi Blood Services website to uh, see really who can and cannot give. And that is not among the issues. If you've had sickle cell anemia, leukemia, been engaged in intravenous drug use, had, had HIV, hepatitis, liver disease, cancer in the last year, dental work in the, in the three days or teeth clean within the last 24 hours, have had heart disease or heart surgery, malaria in the last three years, pregnant in the last six weeks, mononucleosis or major surgery in the last six months or minor in the last two, or if you've donated whole blood in, in the last eight. I strongly encourage you to go to Mississippi Blood Services, you'll find all the information about why you should donate and who can and cannot give. On the ceasefire text line, Biden has one year left. The next president can reverse everything Biden did. I think it's a little optimistic to think that everything could be reversed. I certainly hope so. I have a hard time finding any policies with which I agree from this president. And the reason I say that is if you look at the economic situation, so, so much of what's causing problems is going to endure, mainly boosting the money supply, which is causing uh, this inflation. Now, we did get CPI report today, the Consumer Price Index report. The core CPI ticked a bit higher, and that uh, the core, of course, is is a measurement of the price of a basket of goods, excluding uh, energy and, and housing, which I think is uh, almost a meaningless measurement. But that's seen, seen as being more volatile. So the, the investors are 
on pins and needles waiting for remarks from Fed Chairman Jerome Powell. I think that's scheduled to occur tomorrow. They start their December meeting today and uh, looking for some guidance there with respect to interest rates. Consumer prices overall were in line with forecast almost across the board. Prices rose 3.1% from the prior year, 4% on the core when you strip out energy and food. I said housing a minute ago. I apologize for that. I was reading another report about housing costs. It's energy and food. That's uh, We strip those out of the basket of goods. Everything remaining is what comprises core. From the prior month, which is another measurement, usually two measurements in the CPI year over year and month over month, up 0.1%, essentially flat. I mean, so that's good news on the inflation front. What's missing, however, is that it's already risen dramatically. I mean, the price of everything we're buying has, has uh, gone up substantially since this president's been in office, and that's what people are paying attention to. The president constantly, and again, his spokespeople, his surrogates, his supporters constantly like to point to what's happened to inflation on the inflation front over the last year. Yeah, it's moderated, but it's still going up. It's just not going up as much, but they fail to recognize the rate at which it increased in his, in his uh, prior years and how much it has increased since he's been in office. Sir Elton John bumping us out. We're coming right back in the Element Well studio at Mississippi Bloods. We interrupt this program. Gerard Gibbert. Here we go. This is huge, huge, huge news. Huge, huge, huge news. Huge. You need to listen to this. Middays with Gerard. Super Talk, Mississippi. Welcome back, everyone. Middays is live in the Element Well Studios, set up at Mississippi Blood Services, the main location, the headquarters in Flowood, Mississippi. Once again, the need for blood is always serious, but in particular, there is an urgent need for O negative, O positive, and B negative blood types. Tomorrow, the sports talk. Gang is going to be live at Stone's Jewelry in Tupelo. Stone's Jewelry will have magical Christmas savings throughout the entire store. Stone's will also celebrate Sanctuary Hospice. Make a donation to Sanctuary Hospice and you'll be registered to win prizes each hour. Also, don't forget about the uh, fabulous Super Talk Mississippi News this week in Mississippi Newsletter. The Super Talk Mississippi team covers your Mississippi stories. Stay up to date. Sign up for our free weekly newsletter. It's supertalk.fm slash newsletter. Wayne from North Mississippi on the ceasefire text line says, Gerard, we have climate change four times a year, summer, fall, winter, spring, unless you are in Mississippi. Happens about every 15 minutes. That's, that's uh, pretty accurate there, Wayne. Yeah, some days are just hotter than others, aren't they, Wayne? That's, that's a change in the climate. Speaking of which, Rhino, I think we're set for an El Nino weather pattern this coming winter, correct, where it is expected to be a little cooler and a little wetter. The jet stream moves south 
uh, during El Nino years, and uh, that jet stream carries those fronts right over the Magnolia State, dumping rain, which we actually need, and making it a bit cooler. That is in the forecast. Although delightful weather today, so there's no excuse to get out and donate blood for sure and get a T-shirt while you're at it. Really cool-looking green festive T-shirt with uh, a big drop of blood in the middle in red. Looks like a, a Christmas tree adorned with uh, ornaments. And around it, encircling that drop of blood tree, the best gift this holiday can't be found under a tree. Absolutely. Let's see here. Jat GPT. This is on the ceasefire text line. Joseph in South Haven. It's completely wiped out originality when the parameters allow for tone, perspective, inflection, filters for a paper dissertation. Good luck vetting original thoughts. There's no doubt, uh, Joseph, that there's there are risks associated with the generative AI technology. In particular, what you just pointed out is that it it could be used to to generate student works and in, in other uh, productions as well. I, I agree. That's a, a concern. I have seen a candidate. I'm not going to name the candidate, but I've seen a candidate in the state of Mississippi here running for office uh, posting um, uh, various comments in uh, social media and they sure look like they're AI generated just look like that I can't prove that and it, it does seem like right now when you look at some of these uh, some of these drafts there, there seems to be a, a kind of a pattern to them that almost indicates uh, consistency there's a bit consistent that that I think you could use to say yeah that just kind of looks fishy looks like it was AI generated and you can really tell if it just doesn't sound like when you read it the way a person would talk most people write generally the way they speak and you look at the some of the words used in um, in those works and you say yeah that's just not the way that person talks i, I don't see them using such words i mean that's really the original smell test for plagiarism in any classroom is if you have a student that you know does not grasp the concepts being taught and all of a sudden they turn in a paper and they're <laughs> they're showing a grasp of the concept that's on a much higher level than you know they're capable of if they're whether that's using lingo in the class or an expanded vocabulary that they've never used themselves. That they're just they're red flags that go off. You're like, hold up, something's fishy here. Well, you know, I'm thinking <laughs> while you were saying that, which is ab absolutely totally true. Maybe we need AI tools to detect AI <laughs> generated content. And it's seriously, somebody's probably already got that or working on it. It just kind of hit me that you could probably automate that. Uh, to some degree. I mean, if I guess if you went and researched, for example, what's available, because we all have a digital footprint. I'd say all, most of us do, and certainly younger generations do. And you could contrast that to something they turned in as an assignment and see if it sort of matches up, at least raise a flag to, for you to investigate it. But when you see these things written by a candidate and you look at some of the terminology and language used, 
and you say, yeah, it just doesn't really sound like them. It it calls it uh, to your attention. Of course, a lot, lot of um, elected leaders, as you well know, they don't write their own communications. They don't they don't produce their own content. Somebody does that on their behalf. I mean, I think that they at least strive to write in a way that sounds like the individual for whom they're writing. I think all that makes sense. James Woods, really fine actor, that is a, a, a rarity in that he's a conservative that is part of the, the, the Hollywood community. I didn't realize till I read this tweet that he actually graduated. I'm not sure if he graduated, but he attended MIT. Didn't know that. And he went out yesterday to Twitter, and he posted something that he received from whom he describes as one of his dearest friends, a graduate of MIT. And he informed James and allowed him to repost what he said, his friend said. He, he told Jim, James Woods, that he was heartbroken by the ridicule brought upon the two, uh, two people's beloved alma mater, in this case James and his friend, both from MIT, educated at MIT. He called it, did James Woods, the breakdown here by the president who testified last week as intellectual and moral chicanery. I thought that was a fantastic way to describe what occurred on the Hill. Intellectual and moral chicanery. And if you follow James Woods, this is another example here, Ronnie. You could look at him and say, yeah, that's something that he would say. He's very eloquent in his writing, and he's, he's uh, very direct, and I think that's a very direct description. But this is what he received from his friend. It says, as you know, my dear friend, I left in my senior year in my life course and choice of profession. And this is what he, this is what he said in response to his friend. My, my apologies. This is what James Wood said in response to his friend telling him about his concerns about what happened last week. I left in my senior year, my life course and choice of profession oddly had little to do with my formal education at MIT. That's why I don't think Mr. Woods actually graduated when he says I left in my senior year and went on to become an actor, of course. It was nonetheless a place where I had learned to think, yes, in all caps, think, make rational choices based on deductive reasoning, a realm where overt madness has no place. My entire life has been one where certain things are quote, blatantly obvious to the most casual observer. Now, today, sadly, I expect much of the world to behave with a degree of insanity. Minds twisted by political rhetoric and religious mania. But when a true and veritable institution of higher learning and even higher rational, in all caps, thought, like our beloved MIT, loses its way, I fear for the future of the human race. Man, I just thought that was great. Just so perfectly stated. And you can tell that's from the heart and how Mr. Woods feels and, and certainly believes. But bravo to him for posting such. I thought it was excellent. And I think there are a lot of other people that feel the same way. 
the, these university environments, which are supposed to be uh, havens, bastions, pro protection, uh, protectors of the truth. That's what they're supposed to be, and, and, and they should set the example from a moral perspective, but they've just turned out to be nothing but enclaves of political activism, more so than they are uh, institutions of higher learning that focus on whose mission is research and, of course, learning, education, preparation of students for productive post-education lives. They just seem to have evolved into anything but that. We're stepping aside for a break right now. We've got one final segment remaining. We're going to bring on Brittany Mitchell, Donor Resources Specialist at Mississippi Blood Services. That's where we are in Flowood. Beyond the headlines, breaking down the stories that matter to Mississippi. Middays with Gerard on Super Talk Mississippi. back everyone it's midday's final segment we're live at mississippi blood services in flowood mississippi and we welcome to the program now christopher swafford the president and ceo of mississippi blood services so christopher of course we talked to Brittany a couple of times already today she is informed that there is an urgent need for o negative o positive and b negative blood types of course we need all blood types but in particular uh, those uh, types seem to be uh, in critical need. Yeah, that's exactly right. We uh, we have a, a constant demand for multiple uh, blood products and, and multiple uh, blood types. And what we our, our goal is to be the steward of the community blood supply. You know, our goal is to recruit volunteer donors to come in to either a blood drive or one of our centers, us to help them maximize their gift by educating them about the best way that they can donate based on what our, our patient needs are here in the community, and then get those products to our local hospitals as quickly as possible. Uh, you know, it's, um, it's something that the need doesn't diminish. Uh, sometimes we see a, a drop in uh, collections because of a variety of different reasons, but uh, we want to make sure that there's always a safe and adequate blood supply here in, uh, in central Mississippi and, and across the state. Uh, we're not just uh, Mississippi Blood Services. Uh, I mean, we're not just central Mississippi Blood Services. Right. We're Mississippi Blood Services. Right. And so we've got uh, locations where folks can donate set up today all across the state, right? Besides yes, the regular locations, we've got mobile. Yes, sites sir. as well. Yes, sir. We have we have mobile blood drives, and, and that's something that we depend on our high schools, our colleges, manufacturing organizations, churches, um, civic organizations. We, we depend on them allowing us to come uh, set up a blood drive and, um, you know, make sure that it's well supported within their organization, within their community. And I'll tell you, I've only been in Mississippi since June, but I have seen a huge outpouring in the organizations that are willing to, to partner with us to do just that. 
um, it's it's really been a uh, a, a phenomenal uh, introduction to the state of Mississippi. Uh, I was told it's the hospitality state, and it, it definitely is holding true to uh, to that reputation. <laughs> And as we've said, and, it, and I think it bears repeating, it's uh, it's painless, it's simple, it's fast. They take really good care of you. Yes, sir. Yeah, we we really try to focus on the donor experience. It's something that we uh, we ask folks to come in every 56 days. Some folks we ask to come in every two weeks. Uh, mm. If you're donating platelets, you, you may come in every two weeks, and you may spend a couple hours with us in one of our donor centers. And we want to make sure that you're comfortable, that you've got a, a good snack, that uh, the uh, the staff are able to uh, be efficient with your time and uh, make sure that you feel appreciated as you go through that process. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's um, it, it really, I think, in the grand scheme of things, what you do in 30 minutes to two hours, the impact it has on someone going through oncology treatment, someone going through sickle cell treatment, someone who has had a, um, a, a car wreck, you know, there, there's tons of different reasons. Um, uh, labor and delivery, uh, you know, there are, there, there are folks out there who, uh, need blood products that you never think of. They're not the folks that you know show up on the news at the six o'clock hour, but um, people who are constantly in need. Um, again, within our communities and uh, throughout the state. Right, and we got cool T-shirts for folks too, right? We do. We have some really nice T-shirts. Um, the uh, the best gift this holiday is is to give that gift of life. Um, we are um, you know we're very fortunate to have <clears throat> some folks that are very creative and helping develop these T-shirts and the different programs that we have. Uh, you know, some folks come for the uh, the, the cool T-shirts. Some <laughs> people do it just for the altruistic reasons. They sure. know they've got that loved one who's gone through treatment and has needed that transfusion, or maybe they've needed that transfusion themselves. Um, you know, sometimes we do a giveaway. We do a, a gift card or, you know, maybe a, a PlayStation, some of those kinds of things to motivate folks to come in. But um, <clears throat> the, the, the number one reason people say they don't donate is because no one's asked them to. So if nothing else, what I'd love to do this afternoon is everyone who can hear my voice, I'm asking you to come out and, and donate either at one of our donor centers or um, at one of our blood drives uh, sometime between now and the end of the year. Um, traditionally, the week before Christmas through about the second week of January are some of the hardest times uh, for blood bankers to collect and make sure that they have that safe and adequate blood supply. Uh, people are traveling. Uh, there's sickness. There are competing priorities. And um, if you're healthy and well and have the time and don't don't assume someone else is going to to be the person to come and donate take that personal responsibility and come in and let's make sure that our our, our patients in our local hospitals have those products they need yeah i i seem to recall i, I can still recall I should say uh the uh the late great jt williamson longtime host uh, of this program who sadly lost his life in uh, 2021 but when we do the remotes out here when I was filling in for him and he'd call in and encourage people to donate he said man you never know what it's like till you're on the other side of the bag and I'll never forget him saying that and he, he was sincere about that he he was a a recipient uh, when he was going through uh, cancer treatments that like you said I mean that's that's one of the needs but yeah. you never know when you're gonna be that person that's right uh, Chris, we really appreciate you coming on and appreciate you having us here today. Once Absolutely. again, folks, Mississippi Blood Services, get out there and donate. And we're out of time here today. We'll be back in the Element Well studio again tomorrow. Until then, stay safe and God bless everyone.
Talk Mississippi Media Production.